Twin Cities Orthopedics is proud to be the official sports medicine provider for Tommy Athletics. TCO is trusted by some of the biggest names in sports, and they bring that same level of care to our athletes. Thank you, TCO, for being a part of our team. Visit TCOMN.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to Tommy Talks, weekly podcast bringing you inside St. Thomas Athletics, where we'll get to know those who wear the purple and gray. I'm Corbu Status, and this week our guest is Olivia Keller, a sophomore on the track and field team. We talk about Irish dance and the journeys it's led to, taking on new events in track and field, and loving adversity. We also talk about the children's book she wrote, hosting her own podcast, and much more. Now, here's our conversation with Olivia Keller on another edition of Tommy Talks. Olivia, welcome to the podcast. You're an old podcasting pro, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, what brought you to St. Thomas? What made you decide to wear the purple and gray? That is a great question. I, it's kind of a funny story. I feel like a lot of people have that. I'm from Minnesota, so I was so determined to get out of Minnesota for college. Right. Done with the cold, um, just done with it. So I was looking at schools like Texas, Boston, super far away. But I had the opportunity to come visit for an official visit for track, and that's what did it for me. It was pretty late in the recruiting season. I wasn't really planning on doing track in college, but um, I was just, I loved the campus. It was so pretty. I love the community, and the idea of being an athlete in college was super appealing. And I knew it was going to be tough because I am pre-med and yeah. kind of balancing that. I knew it was going to be a little tough, but I was like, I want to do this. Yeah, not a lot of people who go into college athletics are on the fence about being an athlete. What, why mm. were you on the fence about being That's a done? good question. So I did Irish dance for 10 years. It was a huge part of my life. Yeah. So I started track in high school. I was like I didn't really have a passion for it my passion was in dance um so I was just like I've only been doing it for two years am I qualified am I do I have enough experience right so it was just one of those things maybe a little bit of imposter syndrome too like am I able to do this but yeah meeting the team meeting the coaches just ended up working out so well Okay, so Irish dance, like competitions and all of that? Mm Mm-hmm, yep. I was really serious about it. I started in first grade, and then it was more of just, like, performances when I was younger, but then I ended up moving studios, and ever since, like, ever when I started at the new studio, I started traveling internationally for it, so. Fun. Super fun. Competitions, like, every weekend, so that's why I love competing here so much when we get to travel. It just kind of reminds me of it, and... Traveling with the team is even better here. So Yeah. There's something about performing, right? Being on a stage and oh, yeah. being in front of people and nailing the choreography and yeah. seeing it all come together. Yes, 100%. And I feel like it, that kind of does relate to track, too. Sure. Just seeing things come together, like you said. Yeah, we'll get to track in a moment. I'm now <laughs> fascinated by this Irish dancing thing. So some of the other places that you've been, where have you been with it? With dance. So we the, the biggest place, the most fun, was Scotland. So mm-hmm. when I was in eighth grade I want to say I qualified for the worlds um in Scotland so we got to travel over there it was like it's kind of like the equivalent of the Olympics in Irish dance so it was so fun such a huge accomplishment so I was super excited and we were there for like a week just looking around sightseeing competing I ended up not doing well because I didn't like sleep the night before it's like (laughs) the time change and I'm so nervous so yeah but it was so fun and then just places around the U.S. so like Arizona California um trying to think we went out east a couple times so yeah yeah that's pretty cool uh and scotland like you're right on ireland's front door mm-hmm. right on their front doorstep there yeah 
um, I always I went to Scotland once, and I was fascinated by the fact that they speak the same language, but it's different. So thick of an accent. Yeah, and they we're speaking both speaking English, but not necessarily the same no. thing. And I couldn't always understand them. No, no, we were same thing with us. We were taking taxis or Ubers or whatever, and we like were sitting in the back seat. Like, what are they saying? We <laughs> cannot understand. Okay, finally we'll get back to track. So you're sprinting, you're jumping. Mm-hmm. How did you land in those um, in those areas of track? Disciplines, that's the word I was looking for. I think, so I started off with doing the 400 when I was in high school because I was like, you know, nice kind of mid-distance. Mm-hmm. And then with my Irish dance history, I started triple jump because um, it kind of mimics like some movement. So it came like a little bit easier to me than some of the other events. So mm-hmm. I started with that. That was pretty much what I got recruited for. And now this year I'm doing the pentathlon and heptathlon. So okay. in a week from Friday is the first time we'll be going. So I'll be doing like four new events for the first time. So wow, nerve wracking, but pretty excited. That's a bold decision to take that on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I just feel like I love learning new things. Yeah. So I was kind of like begging my coaches in a way. And finally they're like, oh, fine, fine. we'll let you, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. So. You know, the squeaky wheel does get the grease. So if <laughs> pester them enough. That's true. <laughs> which one are you looking forward to trying? Um, hurdles has been a big learning curve. So yeah. um, I actually fell doing them this morning for the first time. So that was a new experience. Yeah. Um, and this was just the first time you had fallen. That's a, also yeah. impressive. This is true. Now I feel like a real hurdler. But um, yeah, I'm I'm most excited to probably do those. Um, very nervous for the eight, for the 800. That that'll be very new. And then high jump is also very new for me. So very very different events. Yeah, and you to take that on in a competition. I mean, I guess there's you like to learn something new, but there's got to be something else driving you to do that. Yeah, I I don't know. I just love reaching my limits and like mm-hmm. you know seeing like. So I overcoming adversity is just like it's not something like obviously I love to do, but I just I love the challenge of it. So some events that like have not come as easy to me, like, you know, high jumps, javelin hurdles, like, yeah, I'll leave practice super disappointed some days and being like, okay, that did not go too well. But I don't know, just challenge of overcoming that and just becoming a little bit better is something I just love. And there's something to um to seeing that improvement, right? When mm-hmm. you're starting something brand new, it's a lot easier to see those big improvements. Yeah. 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 Uh, what's, so do you have a favorite of the new events that you've taken on? I'd say probably hurdles, yeah. you know, even though I fell on my face this morning. Right. Um, I was just shocked. They, they came not easier, but I, I thought it was going to be by far like the hardest event for me to learn. Um, so I was just surprised and like, I thought I'd be doing like an Irish dance leap over the hurdles, Yeah. which like it happened a little bit, but <laughs> I was able to like overcome that pretty, um, pretty, I don't want to say easily, but you know, yeah. just quickly, yeah. fairly quickly. Quick. Yeah. What's the difference between an Irish dance leap and a hurdles leap? <laughs> um, so in Irish dance, I have my hands by my side. So I wouldn't like, you know, I'd just right. be like running up like a stick and then, um also it's just like the way your knee would come over so like okay. in irish dance it stays under you and then when you do a hurdle it comes more out yes so. okay mm-hmm. more a little bit more on the hinging of the hip so yeah to speak um and how did your you mentioned that irish dancing helped translate to the triple jump yes how I just all of the clogging and the jumping the and clogging. the <laughs> i don't know. i love that yeah. yeah people say that all the time um <laughs> i think it's like the takeoff 
honestly. Okay. Um, and just like the jumping, we had to do a ton of jumps in Irish dance. So that I think that like helped my knees get the amount of strength, maybe yeah. not my shins, but, um, <laughs> it helped give my knees a little bit like yeah. of prior strength. So, and you're not landing in sand in Irish dance. No, no. So that was new. Yeah. If you are, something has gone horribly wrong. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> so how do you end up, I'm going back to Irish dance, how do you end up in Irish dance? <laughs> Great question. So um, in kindergarten, so a couple years leading up to kindergarten, I had done gymnastics, kind of like a lot of, you know, young kids do. And then I just didn't really have a passion for it. Um, so I stopped that. And a couple of days later, I saw one of my closest friends doing like little jigs at recess. And I was like, okay, that's it. That's what I need to do. So I went home the next day and, or I went home that day and told my mom, I was like, I need to do that. Yeah. So signed up, started from there. And then it was all, she had no idea what she was getting into. No idea. Yeah. yeah. Traveling yep. and all. So did your parents get to go with you to Scotland? They did. Oh yeah. It was a family trip. Yeah. How mm -hmm. many are in the family? How many siblings? I don't have any siblings actually. So it's just you. It's just me. So okay. sadly. Well, but also makes a trip to Scotland a lot more affordable. Totally. Yeah. Yes. So that was definitely an upside. Yeah. So you got into track. Now you're into track. Now you also have a lot of other stuff going on, including a children's book. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the children's book. What's the name? So it's called The Speaking Seashell. The Speaking Seashell. Mm-hmm. Whew. Whoever does the audio book of that is going to have to go slow through that title. That's true. Yeah. The it's a bit of a seashell. tongue twister. Yeah. So tell me about the book. How'd you come up with the idea and what inspired you to write it? I think the book has been kind of like a cultivation of like random little inspiring moments for like a lot of years now. So I originally came into college like I kind of want to major in journalism. Like I mm -hmm. love writing. I love all that kind of stuff. Um, in fifth grade, I like wrote, like, you know, wrote a book yep. and um, gave it to my teacher as a gift. Like I was just I was loving it. Um, and I think so. The book idea started at 3 a.m. one night. Like, usually I can sleep just fine. I was up for whatever reason this night. An idea just popped in my head, and I was like, I'm going to write it in the notes off my phone. Um, and the idea was of just emphasizing, like, the bond between youth and elderly. Mm -hmm. I've worked in a nursing home for the past three years. Um, I see just, like, the joy that comes into everyone's face when little kids come in and, like, yeah. the knowledge that they can also share to little kids. So I was like had an idea and I was like, if I can relate this and help kids to just maybe interact with their grandparents more, I want to do that. So yeah. I wrote it in my notes app, totally forgot about it the next morning until I opened my phone was like, Oh, maybe I could like do something with this. Mm -hmm. So obviously I have never embarked on anything like this before. I'm very science brained cause you know, pre-med and all that comes with that. Right. So it was, it was a long process of like figuring out, okay, first of all, am I actually going to do this? Like, I've never done anything like it. Um, and then it was like, okay, how do I do this? Because now I have this passion. And when I have a passion, I'm like, I want to follow through. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I wrote it out on paper first. And then I got it onto a manuscript um, online. And then I talked with a few different self-publishers. Um, and I talked to people who have published books before, some professors, just got as much advice and exposure as I possibly could and set with a self-publisher and one who would do my illustrations mainly because yeah. I am such a bad artist. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I think next couple weeks, but definitely before Christmas, it's going to be in people's hands out and I can't wait. Yeah, that's exciting. 
So you got it's going to be like an illustrated children's book. Exactly. What yep. age group are we talking about? Um, I w- it's it's like five to ten. Okay. So a bit more advanced, not like yeah. absolutely like super young babies or anything like that. Right. Like the seashell talks. Turn the page. Blobbity mm-hmm. blah says the seashell. Right. This is more advanced, a little bit more exactly. deeper story. Yep. How many different drafts did you go through before you finally got the one that you were like, this is it? Great question. It was, it wasn't even really, well, I guess you could call them drafts because it started as like bullet points on my Mm -hmm. notes app and then it was, okay, form sentences. So I would say it was, it was definitely more than 10. Yeah. And I would have like, you know, my parents read through it, some of my friends, see if they could find any grammatical errors or just things that could sound more child friendly because that's definitely something it's a little bit hard to do it it can be tough writing for children Mm -hmm. because you have to simplify things you do yes and sometimes i have found this in the times that a few times that i've had to do it it's almost i don't want to say boring but you do have to write kind of boring kind of simple yeah i was i was out here using all these like like adjectives and stuff and i'm like wait this is not right this is not gonna work they're gonna be like whatever (laughs) (laughs) the seashell what does that mean So then how can people get their hands on this book once it comes out? So I, Amazon is definitely a huge distributor. Distributor, I feel like that's, you know, very easy for people to purchase yeah. through. Um, so Amazon's a huge one. I'm also going to be going to um, libraries and just doing like little read-throughs to kids. And then um, my official launch is going to be up north, which is hard because a lot of people, you know, don't live up north. A lot of my friends and, yeah. you know, close families are more um, in the cities, but my dad owns a, res- a restaurant up north, so I'm okay. just going to do a little launch for some kids up there, read cool. through, have it put out. Yeah, that's exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. That's Thank a lot you. of fun. Yeah, I'm super excited. So when, when you were choosing an illustrator, or did they just say, no, we'll just provide somebody? Because you had to have some input on the drawings, mm-hmm. right? It was all all my input. They yeah. it w- That's the process that took the longest by far, just mm-hmm. going back and forth okay, this needs to be changed. Like, that's not really how I was envisioning. So I had to write out, like, a description for each illustration and then right. they would do something for it. So, um, yeah, it took a long time. That was the bulk, like, the five months of yeah. this. So It's hard to translate words into, pi- into like, totally. drawings and pictures. Yeah, yeah for that's sure. That's tough. Okay, but that's not it. But wait, there's more <laughs> with Olivia Keller. You also have a podcast. I do. Yes, uh, called "The Sky's the Limit." Mm-hmm. Tell me about the podcast. Okay, well, that's I was so excited to come on here. I just love podcasts, and yeah. it's super cool to see how you do things because it's definitely way more professional than <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, okay, maybe we'll see. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I started uh, "The Sky's the Limit." It was the year, the summer before college, so mm-hmm. about a year and a half ago. Um, and in high school, I was kind of like, okay, I love social media or I love, you know, creating content and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, I was debating, do I start a YouTube channel podcast? Like, I don't know. And then I just kind of was like podcast, we're going to go for it. You know, just going to share insights. It's all about, you know, wellness, um, you know, health and well-being. And then I also, um, have had a couple guests on. So just talking about like work-life balance, um, faith, um, and just, you know, reaching, your better better potential yeah. and things. Do you you do you uh, speak on it as a twenty year old, or are you trying to reach a broader audience in general? I would say it's more. It's a bit of a thinner audience. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I've had you know like some of my parents and their friends listen to it, and it's a bit more catered to people my age and you sure. know twenties, high school, after college, just like 
for those few years. Yeah. What are some of the things that you have learned yourself from doing that podcast, especially because you've got track, you've got a children's book that you were writing. Oh, by the way, school, you're here for school <laughs> as well. And you've got this podcast. There's got to be some balance and trying to stay healthy and keeping yourself mentally and physically well. And yeah. All of that. Yeah. That is a great question. I feel like it's this, the past summer and then this semester has been like the ultimate test to to that and to mm -hmm. balancing all of that. And I've even done like an episode on it earlier this year. I was doing high jump for one of the first times and I somehow got a concussion doing it. <laughs> so it quite literally forced me to take a step back and be like, yeah. okay, I need to focus on like myself a little bit and just like, you know, take a step back from those other things. So right. it's, it's something that I'm still learning to balance it all. Um, I would say definitely when I'm not taking classes, it's so much easier. Um, because my classes this year have been an absolute grind. So it's just like yeah. a lot of my energy has to be in that area. It's like, you know, you can't put your eggs in too many baskets. So I've had to narrow it down a bit this year. But um, to answer your question, I think I'm totally still learning. Like I right. don't have a complete answer because it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a learning in progress. Well, I want to make it clear that I'm not laughing that you got a concussion. I'm laughing at the fact that you got a concussion while you high jump and you don't know how you got it. Like, <laughs> kind of like, and I'm not laughing at you, just kind of like, wow, that's weird. And what a weird thing to have happen. I was laughing too. So yeah. don't worry. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> so people are like, why do you laugh at people who get hurt? That's okay. I'm not. I'm I not. would laugh too. But I would imagine that's part of the podcast too, is learning how to do all of totally. those things and the being able to speak to the process of learning all of that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say when I started it, definitely feel like I didn't have as much on my plate. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's been a balancing act, just constantly learning. Like one thing gets added. OK, we got to we got to shift some things around. Like, how are we going to do yeah. this? So what are your main tenets for you then in terms of keeping yourself healthy? And um, wellness, I guess, would be a be better term for it. Yeah, I would say sleep like I I need seven to eight hours of sleep. I know that's like, you know, everyone. But I love going to bed early and getting up early. It's kind of like mm -hmm. the grandma lifestyle. Um, <laughs> so Speaking to seashells, talking to about going to bed early. Yeah, and exactly. Up early. Oh, I could, you know, read the, read the book on the way to bed. There you go. Um, but yeah, I'd say that's a huge thing. Um, people like spending time with just my friend, with my friends and my people and dog and family, like that is my saving grace too. Mm -hmm. I remember last season I was feeling like a little bit burnt out and I just went home for a weekend and it cured me. It was it was so awesome just to, you know, be with my family yeah. and close friends. So uh, Allowing yourself those breaks. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Very, uh, very important. Uh, Pre-med, because you haven't accomplished enough. you got to <laughs> be a doctor, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Pre-med. Uh, why pre-med? So pre-med is specifically you want to go to med school. So you yeah. want to become a physician. Um, so that's my goal. I would say my defining moment for wanting to be a physician specifically um, was at a volunteer mission trip I went to this summer. It was in Honduras, so it was super mm -hmm. cool. We got to go over and um, help assist with surgeries and clinic visit visits for people um, who are basically underserved and can't afford them themselves. So yeah. um, I had this interaction with the patient, and I just, um, to see hope in his eyes, I was just like, okay. And then I heard um, a group of doctors just debating care options, and I was like, I want to be able to both advocate for patients and also be able to have the knowledge to treat them mm -hmm. and, you know, um, inspire their hope. So, yeah. 
That's awesome. So how did that trip come about? And is there somebody in your family who's also in the medical profession? No. No no, no one in my family works in medicine, which definitely, you know, has its downsides because it's it's a lot easier to, or it's a lot more difficult to have connections. So Mm -hmm. definitely have to go um, beyond my family and just LinkedIn and make a bunch of connections um, as much as I can. But um, so one of my close friends, her mom is a uh, nurse anesthetist okay. and she had been telling me about the trip. It's called One World Surgery is the um, company it is through. So it's through Summit Orthopedics, which is based in Minnesota. So she had heard about it from them and she told me about it. And of course I was like, okay, like I need to go on and apply right yeah. now. So I did. Um, and then, you know, obviously like worked for the money to be able to afford because it was definitely pricey. So, right. um, but yeah, and then just went down there with a the group this summer. I didn't know anyone going into it, which I kind of liked. Like, I feel like it's it's really yeah. cool to meet a bunch of people. Um, yeah, it was super cool. And what a cool experience to see, to be there, to be able to help. Yeah, and yeah. And see the relief. And I mean, because that's a tough thing when you don't for have sure. the money for the surgery and it for can sure. be life-changing. Yeah, yeah. Is What stuck with you after all of that? Oh, so much. I think not only... We were able, so it was held on, um, it was called Nuestros Pequeños Hermanos. It was a farm. Um, And so there was a bunch of little kids and we got to interact with them. They like only spoke Spanish and my Spanish is like not amazing. So it was, it was cool to like practice that a little Mm -hmm. bit more. Um, And it was also cool to just really, well, not only scrubbing into surgeries, like we got to scrub in, I got to scrub into a hysterectomy, which is like, it was crazy. Um, Right. So that was really, really cool. And I think just overall, like for me, it was just interacting with the patients. That was super, super meaningful. Yeah. You're not sque- uh, queasy then. Blood no. Blood doesn't make you queasy. <laughs> I'm not. Okay. Did you know that beforehand? Because that'd be a bad time to find out when they're yeah. like slicing somebody open. Totally. Well, a lot of people actually like ended up fainting or like, you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't blame them at all. <laughs> I would have. That's not my jam. <laughs> No, I had I had um, observed in surgeries beforehand. Okay. So the first one I went into, I definitely was a little bit nervous about like having a reaction like that, but yeah. Um, and it, it went okay. So well, that's good. Yeah. That seems to be like um, quality number one. Can you stand the sight of so, blood? So so true. Yeah. Oof. Good for you. <laughs> definitely not for everyone. No, no. So how have you started taking any of the pre med classes? Or are you still going through your prerequisites? So there's like certain so my major is neuroscience um but technically for medical school you can major in like anything you want just anything you're interested in so i haven't really gotten to my neuroscience classes yet but i have done quite a few of the pre-med prerequisites so this semester is probably like my hardest yet i have like the organic chemistry physics Mm -hmm. bio courses so definitely in the middle of it but (laughs) it makes a difference though when it's something you're interested in this is true classes yeah definitely organic chemistry is that what you said Mm-hmm. What is organic chemistry? It's just, it's chemistry with molecules involving carbon. Okay. <laughs> I understood most of that sentence and I'm just going to eject after there because totally. I, I feel yeah. like I would get lost past that. <laughs> you know what? That's me too. <laughs> <laughs> for now. For now, right? True. Um, so where do you want to go with your pre-med, but where do you want to go with the podcast and how does that blend in with everything else you you have going on? I just want to be able to be holistic and not just have tunnel vision. I know it's important sometimes to have tunnel vision if you have a certain goal, but um, I just want to be able to, for as long as possible, just pursue my interests. And definitely, you know, I love public speaking. I love just, 
you know, talking about life and things, wellness. Um, so I just, I just want to keep pursuing that. And as I continue to gain more, you know, insight and knowledge myself, like I just want to share that. And I think the podcast also allows me to gain a ton of insight from people too. So like when you interview guests, it's like, right. Oh, super cool. People are so cool. So I just love talking and, you know, putting that out there. Yeah, for sure. It's fun to get that knowledge. And Mm -hmm. you kind of feel like, I feel like I'm kind of stealing the knowledge. Like I'm getting it for free. And if you ask good questions and you get the great answers. and Yeah, yeah. I totally feel that too. Right, (laughs) right. It's like, oh, I didn't even have to work for this. This is (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Uh, Where does that come from, that desire for the holistic living? Is that something that your family is active in? Yeah, I would say... um, my dad, like he, he's so crazy. He, so he's not only, you know, a business, businessman, like he works in a corporate office. He's done a ton of traveling, super, super successful. Um, but he also, you know, he does a ton of volunteering. He bought a restaurant, you know, over, um, 2020 and is very, very passionate about that. He started welding randomly. Uh, he has, he does ice fishing, like ice houses. I, I don't know. He just seems to do it all. And um, he's just very inspiring in that way. And I think I've gotten a lot of that from him. Yeah. That's pretty fun to see that and see somebody successful at that. Yeah. What kind of restaurant is it? It's like a bar and grill. So it's up by our cabin, kind of up in Hinkley area. So, um, yeah, bar bar and grill. My mom does the decorations. Yeah. You can plug it. What's the restaurant's name? Oh, Wild Water. Bar and Grill, Danbury, Wisconsin. There you go. There you go. Next go time you're visit. up there. there you go. <laughs> okay, let's uh, go back. Come back to campus a little bit. Uh, do you have a favorite Tommy sport outside of track and field? Ooh, I love basketball. Okay. And volleyball. Yeah. And the mall. <laughs> <laughs> that's not very not a very good answer, but no, that's a good answer. <laughs> so if there's another sporting event you're willing to go attend, it is what you're saying. Totally. Yeah. 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 Okay. Did you do any other sports in high school? I did soccer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I I was very amateur. Like I was, I did. I started my sophomore year. Okay. Did it junior and senior. So, you know, worked my way up a little bit. But right. it was I was never like super super amazing. So you really were just late to the whole sporting athlete. Game. I was. I was invested in Irish dance for so long. Right. Like that's that was a big part of my life. Yeah, I kind of like that though. That you got to the. You got to the dance late, so to speak, but that you're still finding success in college. I mean, because there's so much pressure, I think, these days to have. You have mm. to start when you're three, and yeah. you got to specialize when you're four and all of that. I totally. Mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. That's why it's it's shocking. Like, I would have never... I remember back in high school in eighth grade, my gym teacher was like, you should try track in high school. And I was like, oh, I'm doing <laughs> dance. Like, right. I don't have time. I'm a dancer. <laughs> I'm a dancer. Like, yeah. 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 And then here we are. Here you are. Mm-hmm. Um, best place on campus? Oh, I'm going to have to say, I love the student center. Um, I also love the loft because mm-hmm. I'm such a coffee person. So I love hanging out there, doing homework, meeting with friends. It is really cool up there. Like it's just kind of like, it feels like a good balance between you can kind of hide if you want to. Totally. You also get a great view. Yeah. 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 That's a good spot. Uh, favorite professor? Oh my gosh. It's okay. okay if you don't have one, but. Oh, I, so that's, I tell all my friends or, you know, people, prospective students, this definitely like one of my favorite parts about St. Thomas is the professors that mm-hmm. I've had. Like they are just so personable. 
Um, so awesome. So I don't like, I don't know if I can pick. I really like, um, Dr. Domini in biology. She's so awesome. Um, Dr. Yu in OCHEM is so great. Um, my physics professor, he goes by Marty. He's so awesome too. So I definitely do not have like one favorite. (laughs) Okay. Anara, do you, are you getting good grades in those? I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're not just saying that to, like, hopefully they'll bump your grade up. Well, you know, they could if they wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's good. Um, Favorite food? Sushi. Sushi? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, so sushi and sashimi are a little different, right? Sashimi is just the fish, or is that sashimi on the rice? Sashimi is, okay, this is so bad. I don't even really know. I don't know either. Yeah, (laughs) okay. He would definitely know. So, which do you prefer? Do you prefer the fish on the rice, or do you prefer just the rolls, or just the, like, just a slab of fish? And slab might be a little vulgar of a word for it. (laughs) It's okay. Um, I would probably prefer the rolls, but I don't know. I I really like it all, so. Uh, Do you have a fish of choice, or are you with, like, anything on the menu? Salmon is always yeah. a go-to. That's kind Solid. of basic, but yeah. yeah. But what about like uh, like octopus or eel? I, I've had both of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that you just had, like you're not going back for seconds. I would. Uh, I don't okay. know. I probably like, I'm not like opposed to it. Like I just grew up eating like yeah. a bunch of like, I feel like foreign food. So yeah. it's not like. Super like, okay, wait, I'm never having this again. Right. You're open to it again. I am. Good for you. I will never eat eel again because that's gross. And you know what? So many people will. Like, so many people are like that too. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I like those people. Not that I don't (laughs) like you. I'm just saying. Uh, Favorite movie? Oh, my gosh. This question is so hard for me. Um, Because you you love so many movies or you're just not into movies? I just don't watch movies that much. Um, If I had to pick... Shoot. Uh, oh, Legally Blonde. Yep. Okay. I like that one a lot. Uh, what What are you doing instead of watching movies? What is your entertainment of choice? <laughs> Probably TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest. Yeah. Okay. What, uh, is there inspiration there for you? Entertainment there for you? All of on the TikTok? Above? Yeah. I like making videos on TikTok too. So I feel like, you know, if I watch them, I could get inspired. But also it's just a good like shuts off the brain for a little bit. Like you mm-hmm. don't have to think. Yeah. Um, but I feel like too much of it definitely gets, it's easy to just stay on TikTok and scroll. So yes, definitely need to contain that. Yeah. I've lost hours before just scrolling. Uh, what about music? Do you have a favorite band or a favorite song? Um, I really like Queen. I've always loved Queen, mm-hmm. Queen's music. Um, also Noah Khan right now is, do you, do you know of him? I do not. Oh my gosh. So good. Yeah. Yeah. I love him. He's kind of like a, his songs have been like more recently going like viral and stuff so is he in the same area uh, same genre as queen no 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 he's a i don't really know how to describe his genre it's it's more just like kind of calming okay yeah smoothing out mellowing mm-hmm. you out and especially in these hectic times that you're in <laughs> <laughs> this is true favorite book or favorite author besides yourself Oh my gosh, that sounds crazy. I know. Hearing you say that, <laughs> um, I really like Adam Grant. Um, he's he writes a lot of like they're kind of they take a while to read just because they're like really deep. But mm-hmm. um, Think Again is one of his, um, and it's just I don't know. I like reading that kind of stuff. But definitely, if I was you know just that's not like a going to bed type thing. Like right. You just gotta. Is it nonfiction? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's about like 
bettering yourself or is it about just how your brain works? Yeah, in a way. It's just it's approaching how you think things and kind of diversifying that. Yeah, interesting. Uh, think Again, is that the name of it? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I'll have to look at it. All right, so as you still have a lot of time here, you're just a sophomore, so you have two and a half years left. I do. Um, when you do finish that up, though, what do you think you would like your legacy to be here? Oh, that's a great question. I just want to try to have an impact on as many people as possible. I think, you know, ultimately I, I do, like I pursue a lot of my passions, but the ultimate, like, you know, bridge between those is just people and like relationships. So, um, just impacting the most amount of people, you know, maintaining a positive attitude, trying to spread that, um, and be inspiring in that way. And I think, you know, obviously I can continue to grow in like my definition of what that legacy could be. But I think right now that's where, that's where it's at. Absolutely. Great. It's awesome. Well, Olivia, great to meet you. Uh, best of luck on your podcast. Best of luck on the book release. And uh, best of luck for the rest of your career here at St. Thomas. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Appreciate the time.